by a large margin, the Toronto Maple Leafs are voted the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. And frankly, I must agree. I like them. They're just highly annoying. Leafs fans don't even know that they're that annoying, which makes them the most annoying. Don't be fooled by the Calgary Flames, okay, at the bottom of the list, because this is only like 17, 18 teams. There's like 14 other teams behind them. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, it is. And hello, good morning. And good afternoon to Eastern Canada. Welcome to the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, we're not in our normal environs, but we're still doing our show from the high school and the hometowns today. Rod is officially on Christmas break. He's actually in the sun and he's going to enjoy the rest of his holidays. So Darren DuPont here. We're going to be joined by guests over the next couple of days. Enjoy that. Justin Dunk will be along here in just a moment. He's going to be alongside today um, throughout the, the program. And then we're going to be joined by TSN's NHL analyst Dave Poulin. And we're going to be joined by Sportsnet's Arash Madani coming up a little later on in hour two. Tomorrow is going to be fun too. More guests and Darren Bombing from Winnipeg and Bonfire Sports will be down uh, to co-host tomorrow's show. So that will get you set for the next couple of days. And of course, Friday is our annual World Junior Preview Special. Rod will be back. Peter Labardius, Julie Robenheimer will be alongside. And then special guests, Alan Miller will be here. Michael Dick, uh, the assistant coach from Hockey Canada. So it will be a lot of fun over the next few days as we get you set for Christmas. But uh, let's bring in Justin Dunk. From my hometown to his hometown in Guelph, that's the parents' farm, right? That's right, buddy. Rural Guelph, Ontario, buddy. Officially Guelph Nickel Township. I dig it. Okay, I like it. And we're in the chicken capital of Canada. I don't know if you knew that. When you're in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I did not. In the high school gym. <laughs> yeah, the chicken capital. We had these things called the chicken chariot races every summer where you put chickens in these cages and you bang on the... And you race chickens with little chariots behind them. Pretty awesome. So anyways, we're here for the holidays in the gym. Uh, what I love about it too is like, as a kid, you always wanted to uh, be in the gym and have like free gym time, right? Like being here with nobody else's. So like I'll probably stay all afternoon and shoot hoops and like mess around. So it's going to be cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, how have you been? I mean, what's, what's your current day-to-day like, Justin, now that the CFL is done? Do you get a little bit of a post-CFL break? Because the news cycle at three down doesn't ever slow down. It doesn't, buddy. I'm doing well in general. I mean, I miss doing the Canada West games with you, of course, but nice to connect with you virtually for the show. And honestly, the offseason in the CFL in terms of three down nation becomes busier than the regular season. I don't think some people can quite comprehend how or why, but things like we've seen this week, Sean Burke being hired as a general manager in Ottawa, you're tracking those situations. And then, of course, Chris Jones being the guy that's been tabbed to lead Edmonton as the head coach and general manager, and you're getting the inside scoops. So you're talking to a lot of people from coast to coast in all different time zones to make sure that you can deliver the best insight possible on Three Down Nation. And of course, when I come on the show with you guys. Yeah, we're going to get into that too. We want to talk, you know, get your thoughts on how this Chris Jones situation came to be. We'll talk about Sean Burke. We'll talk about some other moves that may happen. We'll get into the little preview of CFL offseason and, and give the CFL fans today a, a little bit of a early Christmas present in terms of coverage and, and what they can expect throughout the year and maybe what their teams are looking at. I know you guys had a great list out about the one free agent that everybody is uh, or should be prepared to lose. I think it was something like that, right? Um, that's a great article. I want to get into that because there's a couple of players and there's going to be some fan bases a little bit upset. So I love it. And then Rod put out 
one player from each team that they need to re-sign right away. They're top priority. So that'll be really cool. Uh, we'll get into Tuesday's NFL games to put a, a, a wrap on week 15 in the National Football League last night. Uh, doubleheader, rare Tuesday uh, kind of doubleheader there. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about the NHL COVID uh, lockdown as well. And of course, the Rashford and Dave Poulin are coming up later on in the program. So let's go to NFL Tuesday, Justin. And let's start with Washington, Philadelphia. Um, again, tough game. I mean, the Eagles win 27-17. Jalen Hurts has three TDs. Is Jalen Hurts legitimately a long-time or long-term franchise option at quarterback for the Eagles? Dude, it seems like he shows these flashes of it, but then he regresses and it depends on the week. So you can see it in a game like last night shows the potential there. And with Nick Sirianni, the head coach, seemingly liking Hurts and his playing style and has really tailored the offense to Hurts in terms of the, the RPO, the run pass options that he has, and then also using his still set to get him out on the move. And drafting a guy like Devonta Smith to be a number one receiver with him, who he was familiar with from Alabama. So I think that the potential is there for Hertz to be a franchise guy, but we need to see him be more consistent, right? You see it from the elite guys, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Obviously, they have Super Bowl titles and multiple MVPs, but those guys, they don't really have four weeks. Yes, Brady was shut out for the first time, I think, in his career over the weekend, but still, that's an ultra rarity. So if Hertz can become more consistent, then yeah, he can be a guy that you can build around Philly. Washington's an interesting group because now they're falling a little bit behind, but they're a group that's dangerous, but they got to play. They were calling them the COVID quarterback last night, at least around the, the guys and girls <laughs> that I was watching the game with. And like, that's what, that's what uh, Cleveland was dealing with too. Like, you know, is Washington a team that should be upset about protocols or just a team that, you know, like had an opportunity last night and couldn't get it done? Yeah, I mean, it's just the world we're living in, right, buddy? We're all experiencing with this virus and the variants and Omicron and who knows what's going to come at us next. So the fact that you have to start a guy like Eric Gilbert is just what happens now in the NFL. At least they weren't like the Denver Broncos last year where they had to start a receiver, Kendall Hinton, at quarterback and activate him off the practice roster. If they had a legit dude that's played quarterback, and oh, by the way, Gilbert in the past has been on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders negotiation list. So for anyone monitoring that situation and maybe wanting a guy to come in and compete, with Cody Fajardo and push him a little bit. I know there's been some talk around Regina and the wheat province about that. Then hey, you get a little bit of a look at Gilbert here. Biggest stat last night, Philadelphia, 238 yards on the ground, Washington 63. So that, that will hurt you. And that's a little bit of the scenario that's, you know, facing the Seattle Seahawks right now. Russell Wilson completed just 17 passes last night. You know, they failed to get over 100 yards rushing in the football game. 80 yards for the Seahawks in the loss. So we got a lot of Seahawks fans that watch this show. Brady texts in all the time. And we'll get to your text messages. 902-518-3033. Um, text the show. But, and I'm sure there's a text in there from Brady that I'll have to go in and look at. He'll be upset. He'll have thoughts on his, wash, or on his uh, Seattle Seahawks. But is it the coach? Is it Russ? Is it, you know, we have this Seattle nostalgia that they should be good, but they're really not? Or what's going on in Seattle? Because right now, 150 yards, 17 completions, and 80 yards rushing is not going to win football game. Agreed. Before we get into the analysis, so where's the text jingle? Man, I was waiting for it. I thought you were teasing it. Can we, 
Can we tee that up for Justin coming up in a bit? Is that something we can do? Okay, Justin, it's ready. So hang tight. Let's talk Seahawks, and then we'll get you the texture. All right. So in terms of the Seahawks, you mentioned, is it Pete Carroll? Is it Russell Wilson? In my mind, this was a doomed season from the jump when they decided not to trade Russell Wilson and they were going to go forward, even though he was clearly disgruntled. That was never going to work. You know, we watched the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win back-to-back break cups. And what do they talk about, dupes? The culture that Mike O'Shea has set. Well, the culture that Carroll had set in the past was obviously one that worked for them, but that has been eroded to the point where you can tell the relationship is at its end. Like it's time to divorce. It's one year too late. It's sort of when you're with your girlfriend and you're hesitant to break up with her because you're hoping maybe it'll work and you want to hold out hope, but you know that it's probably the end and you kind of wait those six extra months. So in my mind, that's what cost the Seahawks this season is they didn't have that hard stop and the relationship trade Wilson out of town and move on to the next regime in terms of what you're going to do a quarterback. And maybe that means the end of Pete Carroll. We got to remember he's getting old too. He's still got lots of energy, but in my mind, the Seahawks season was just going to be a failed one from the get go. I can relate to Seahawks fans here, Justin, because Tennessee, the Titans went through this situation a number of years ago and it was Jeff Fisher on one side. It was Vince Young on the other side and it was Bud Adams in the middle, right? pulling the strings. And he had to choose. Am I choosing the coach? Am I choosing the quarterback? Everybody talked about Vince Young's numbers, how he doesn't have the mechanics, how his throwing you know, numbers aren't quite what they need to be to win at this level. But all he did was win games. Engineer fourth quarter comebacks. He led the team. He won games. W's. You got it. And it wasn't pretty. Now, we know he was in a good system that worked for him, and he didn't have the success translated you know, when he went to Philadelphia or he moved around the National Football League. But Bud Adams ultimately chose Jeff Fisher and it didn't work out. Are the Seahawks in a position where they have to choose Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? Or is there there a scenario where they need to get rid of both guys? That's a great comparison, my man. And I think they're at that point. That's not to say that Pete Carroll can't coach at a high level anymore. But it seems like Wilson doesn't want to be there with him. And that's reading the tea leaves and him talking about wanting a trade. So we need to find out if that has to do with Carroll or the general manager, John Schneider, because it was pretty clear at the end of last season that Wilson wanted to be protected better. And they didn't really invest in the offensive line. Now, it played out well for Pierre-Olivier Lestage, a Canadian offensive lineman out of the University of Montreal, who's on their practice roster now because they didn't really draft a lot of dudes at that position. But you got to protect your asset, right? Like dupes in business or anything else, the most coveted asset that you have, you need to surround it and make sure that whatever it is, is protected in the best possible way. So in my mind, they didn't do that with Wilson. And that's why this is coming to a head. And in my mind, it's ultimately going to result in a divorce. It seems to me a little bit too, like Wilson wants to be in a different market. One of the bigger markets quote, like, yes, he's won a Super Bowl with Seattle. He's been there for so long. And it seems like to me, he wants a change of scenery, like not exactly like LeBron James going to Miami or Los Angeles, but something very similar. So if you're thinking of bigger markets for for Russell Wilson, what's that market? Because LA has their quarterback, right? Both LA teams have their quarterback in Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford. You know, Dallas has their quarterback, I think, in Dak, and I think they're committed to him long-term but you're not really sure. Tampa's got their guy, Tom, for how long? 
You know, you look at the big markets and where does Aaron Rodgers fit into all this? But as Houston, in, as one of the bigger markets in the NFL, is that a fit for Russell? Because I haven't heard that a lot, but maybe that's something that's not being discussed that should be. Yeah, I mean, it's not as big of a market as I think Russell Wilson would want to go to. We've got to remember who he's married to, right? Sierra, she's about big time, prime time stage. So where my mind goes when I think of markets, you know, you mentioned it. The LA teams have their quarterbacks right now. It's New York. And I know the Giants recently drafted Daniel Jones, but he's not really looking like a franchise guy. He's been there for three years already. Can you imagine? It's already been three years since Jones has been in New York and fallen on his face. And then you look at the other team in the Jets, and yes, they used a high pick on Zach Wilson, but you kind of get the sense there that if we're starting some of these other guys over him that they drafted behind him, how much trust do they have in him? So I would want to see Wilson get more of a chance. But I'm talking about NYG, the New York Giants, I could see as a place where Wilson would want to go. Now, another spot that would make a lot of sense is Chicago, a huge market. They have Justin Fields there, who is kind of, sort of a young Russell Wilson. I mean, he's got a long way to go in terms of winning a Super Bowl and being a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback or all-pro quarterback like Wilson. But that would be another massive market that you would think that Wilson would potentially cover. Finally, last kind of NFL thought right now, and we'll get into more and we'll look ahead to week 16 in the National Football League. But you look at what happened in week 15. The Patriots lost, the Cardinals lost, the Bucks lost. Three teams all in my top five a week ago. And because of this weird season or this weird COVID week, I didn't do a top five. So think about this because coming up later on, I want to get your top five in the NFL as of today. But of those three teams that lost last week, that they're all my top five, Tampa, Arizona, and New England, who are you most worried about? Which, which loss was for real? The loss that worried me the most, honestly, was the Cardinals loss. And Kyler Murray stating that, hey, this isn't the team like last year. So that shows me that they're thinking at least somewhere in their mind about the collapse that they had a year ago. And that worries me. Right, I like the guys that are strong mentally and are focused on what's next, what's to come, what's in the future, not even thinking about comparing it to the collapse that they had a year ago. So for my money, it's that Lions upset victory over the Cardinals that has me really worried about that team in Zona. Yeah, I mean, just something about you when you watch the Arizona Cardinals, you're not as convinced watching that team as when you watch the Green Bay Packers. There's a definite one and two there, right? In the NFC. And, and it just feels like when Aaron Rodgers has the football, you're a little more confident that he's going to go down the field and, and engineer something with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Today, it feels like I'm going to stay and watch because he might make something magical happen, but I'm not really scared as a defense that it's just automatic that Arizona's going to win. I'm a little little nervous about the Cardinals. I'm with you on that for sure. Hey, get your texts in for Justin Dunk. We're going to go deep on the CFL next after the break. So get your texts in, 902-518-3033. Jim Wagner wrote in, Justin, on the text line. He says, it's the Duncan Dupe show. Sounds like fun or a cheesy cop show. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, Could be both. The Duncan Dupe show. Yeah, it could be both. I can I can see it. Or the name of our coffee should coffee and donut shop. <laughs> Something like that. Also coming up this hour, Dave Poulin from TSN. Uh, we'll get into the the NHL's plans moving forward and what he sees there. 
We're, we're also going to talk about hockey at the Olympics. And that's our poll question. And we'll leave you th- with this heading into the break. Our, our uh, poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Will you be watching the Olympic hockey tournament with no NHL players? Will you be watching? Vote now. It's on Twitter, here on YouTube as well. Um, and we'll get to your results. We'll talk about that. But we'll get into the CFL next. This is the Rod Peterson Show on a Christmas, pre-Christmas show. Rod on vacation as Christmas holidays have started early. And we'll be back with more with Justin Dunk here in a moment. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live and Listen Live, 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Pick up your phone and text RP, that's Rod Peterson. Text 90218 Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.